Hello and welcome to the latest podcast from the Lancet Infectious Diseases. I'm Catherine Rolfe and this month we are joined by an author of a paper which assesses the use of a natural antibacterial honey for the prevention of infections related to peritoneal dialysis. Let's hear from him introducing himself. My name is Dr. Sunil Badwe. I'm a nephrologist at the Princess Alexander Hospital in Brisbane, Australia and I'm one of the co-investigator and co-author of the Honeypot study. Dr. Sunil Badave, thank you for joining us today. Catheter-associated infections in patients undergoing peritoneal dialysis are a major source of morbidity, mortality and treatment failure worldwide. Can you briefly explain the scale of catheter-related infections in this patient population and summarise the main aim of this trial? Peritoneal dialysis is an important dialysis modality for patients with end-stage kidney disease. And approximately 25 to 45% of people in developed countries who have end-stage kidney disease are using peritoneal dialysis. And because it is essentially a home-based dialysis therapy, it is much more economical than hemodialysis. However, peritoneal dialysis-related infections remain a major barrier for utilization of peritoneal dialysis. And these infections include exit site infection, tunnel infection, and peritonitis. Peritonitis is associated with increased risk of all-cause and cardiovascular mortality, catheter removal, and permanent transfer to hemodialysis and prolonged hospitalization. Despite of this, there have been very few clinical trials evaluating antibacterial agents to prevent peritoneal dialysis-related infections. And therefore, currently, the infection-preventing strategies are limited to either intranasal application of mepirocin or existed application of either mepirocin or gentamicin. However, these agents are active against a narrow range of microorganisms and may lead to antibiotic resistance. And therefore, we were interested in testing whether medical-grade honey is effective in preventing peritoneal dialysis-related infections without inducing antibiotic resistance. And you report that overall there was no effect. Can you comment on the meaning of this result and how can your findings be interpreted? A total of 371 patients on peritoneal dialysis were recruited in our honeypot study. 186 of them applied antibacterial honey to the exit site daily in addition to the standard exit site care. The remaining 185 participants were tested for nasal carriage of staphylococcus aureus. If they tested positive, they were treated with intranasal mepirocin for five days each month plus standard exit site care. The participants who tested negative received standard exit site care only. The primary outcome of the trial was time to peritoneal dialysis-related infection, which was a composite of exit site infection, tunnel infection, and peritonitis. The results showed that there was no statistically significant difference in the primary outcome between the honey group and the control group. The other major finding was 29% of participants in the honey group withdrew from the study, whereas only 9% from the control group. 20% of these withdrawals from the honey group were due to skin reaction and 54% were due to either physician or participant request. These results suggest that the antibacterial honey was not superior to the standard exit site care in preventing peritoneal dialysis-related infections. Your findings show a significant interaction with the antibacterial honey being harmful in the patients with diabetes, about 30% of the cohort. Can you briefly explain this finding? So when we looked at this subgroup analysis according to diabetes mellitus, we found that the risk of reaching the primary study outcome was 85% higher in the honey group 
compared to the control group among diabetics. Also, the risk of developing peritonitis was more than double in the honey group compared to the control group among diabetics. 31% of all participants in the honeypot study were diabetics, and diabetes is the commonest cause of end-stage kidney disease worldwide. We need to inter- we need to exercise caution in interpreting this result, though. This is a subgroup analysis involving only 115 participants, so there is inadequate statistical power and the observed result could be due to a type 1 statistical error. The other factor is that the presence of diabetes per se was not associated with increased risk of infection. Therefore, we cannot definitely conclude whether the honey was harmful in diabetics, and this subgroup analysis should be regarded as hypothesis generating only. Although the effect in patients without diabetes was not significant for the primary outcome of time to infection, you did note a positive effect on peritonitis. Do you therefore recommend routine use of honey in non-diabetic patients undergoing peritoneal dialysis? Yes, so the risk of developing peritonitis was 38% lower in the honey group than the control group among non-diabetics. However, as with the diabetic subgroup, we recommend caution in interpreting this result also for the same reason. Furthermore, the upper 95% confidence interval of the hazard ratio was 1 and thereby the result was just slightly statistically significant. Previous studies of antibacterial honey have shown benefits in wound healing, maintenance of sterility and eradication of infection. Why were the results of the honeypot trial different to those reported previously? Well, there are several differences between the honeypot study and the previous studies using medical honey. The previous studies used antibacterial honey for superficial wounds or burns, whereas in our study there was no open wound. The study outcome was peritoneal dialysis-related infection as against wound healing. Also, our study included patients with end-stage kidney disease as against people with generally normal kidney function in the previous studies. Therefore, the results of the honeypot study cannot be compared to those of previous studies using antibacterial honey. And finally, do your findings suggest the importance of an intact exit site rather than of a good antibiotic? Of course. It is well known that the exit site infection can subsequently lead to tunnel infection and peritonitis. Thereby, it 